my best friend, the best in the business, the most you Greg. Greg, what's happening? Hey, what's up, Mike? Not much. Uh, well, show number 400 is in the books, and it went, it went real well. I was glad that we were able to do the show together. Yeah. Um, but now, we're back onto the track of SmackDown and the day one pay-per-view. Okay. What What did you think of SmackDown? I mean, it was all right. I mean, it wasn't the best SmackDown. It wasn't as bad as a couple of the more recent ones have happened. Um, it was okay. <laughs> yeah, I I agree with you. There was a couple of uh, couple of good points. You know, a couple of low points. Um, I think one of the best things for me was the um, triple threat tag team. Yeah. Yep. I thought that was I thought it was a real good match. How surprised were you that the new day won? Because I was going with RK Bro. I don't know. I mean, did it surprise? It wouldn't honestly. It didn't surprise me if any of the three teams had won. Um, but you know, I guess the new day winning helps fuel their feud with the Usos. And then the Usos can say, you know, hey, listen, you know, you won the match, but you didn't beat us. It, it, so it, yeah. it kind of makes sense that they did it that way. Right. It was just weird that they took two teams from SmackDown and only one from Raw. I would have, I mean, I would have liked to have seen them maybe put the Street Profits or even, you know, Rudin Ziggler or somebody else from, what is that on your arm? What's that? What's that on your arm? Oh, it's just a scratch, that's all. That's a hell of a scratch, dude. What'd you do, get in a fight with a mountain lion? No, nah, I got scratched at work. Wow. Um, but, uh... Anyways, um... I would have I liked it rather with a fourth team in there kind of deal, just... I don't know. Well, I thought... I thought it was probably the best match on the card, and um, do you think now with the New Day having to win that match, do you think they're maybe going to be in line for another tag team title run again? I don't know. We'll have to see. I mean, it, it they need to make up their mind. Are they pushing Kofi and Xavier Woods as a tag team, or are they pushing them as singles that have each other's back? Because if you're, know. you know, you, you have Kofi in the title scene and then you have Xavier Woods win the King of the Ring tournament and have a couple of matches with Roman Reigns and now they're back to a tag team. What are they? I mean, that this is my big problem with WWE is they don't know what they're doing with people. And instead of keeping the New Day as a full-fledged tag team and elevating somebody else as a singles competitor... They're just using tag teams in single competitions. Right. It doesn't make sense. I know. Um, I really didn't mean to start off with that. I wanted to start off with the beginning, but that was the first thing that entered my mind when it start, when we started the show. Um, the opening segment, Sami Zayn, I thought it was funny as hell. Yeah. I yep. mean, Brock came out. And, you know, Sami Zayn said to Paul Heyman, you know, hey, you're here by yourself. Well, really, he wasn't because the Usos were there, but, yeah. you know, I didn't know if we were going to see him or not, but is this, 
could this be a reuniting of Heyman and Lesnar? I I don't know. I think it's something they can tease for a while. I mean, WWE has a way of teasing things that never happen. Or when they do happen, it's a huge letdown. I.e. Sister Abigail. I mean, they teased Sister Abigail for a while, for a long time, months and months and months and months and months, and then it was just an alter ego of Bray Wyatt in a white veil. Well, okay, that was stupid. So, you know, they're teasing it. Whether they do it and they do it right is the big thing to, in my opinion, to be concerned with. Right. Uh, Then the match after that was what? Um... Nakamura and Rick Boogs versus Los Lotharios. Yeah, there was... Um, I'll, I'll start off on this one first. There was uh, a couple of people on one of the websites that were saying, you know, and you said it before on the show, I've heard you say it a couple times, you know, if you're going to keep the title on, on um, Nakamura, why have him in a tag team? Yep. I mean... I posted that in one of the wrestling. I posted that in one of the wrestling groups on uh, Facebook. You know, yeah. if you're gonna keep using these guys as a tag team, then take the title off in Nakamura. Yep, and I don't think they're that bad of a tag team. I mean, they're not great. I mean, they're not a tag team that I would watch all the time. But I mean, they did beat Los Lotharios, which was their first loss. But I just don't. Uh, I just don't see why they still have the IC title on Nakamura if you're going to keep putting the tag team match. I don't know, and this is, once again, furthering my issue with WWE of having their head up their asses when it comes to to creative. Because what was the purpose of this match? Los Lotharios had been winning and winning a lot. They were undefeated as a tag team on SmackDown. They're giving them this push... And then they have him lose in a minute 38 to Rick Boogs and Nakamura. Why? I mean, why? If you're trying to establish them as a tag team, then yes. Have Rick Boogs take the loss. Who gives a shit about Rick Boogs? Yeah, he plays the guitar. Okay. He's muscular. Okay. We had that already in WWE, and it didn't it didn't last. Except it's an electric guitar rather than a, an acoustic guitar. Yep. You know, Elias was a hell of a lot better in the ring than Rick Boogs is, as, as far as I've seen. I mean, he's okay, but no, nobody that I'd pay attention or, or go out of my way to see. But why? Why? I mean, the only thing that I could imagine was that first segment with Lesnar and Zayn went long and maybe took up time for this match, but they still wanted to get the Pat McAfee dancing to Rick Boogs playing a guitar on the show, so they just had a stupid little minute and 38 second squash match. Right. Yep, I definitely agree on that part. So... But yeah, that was one of the, not the high points or the low points. That was kind of like a medium point for me in match. I gave it a C-. I gave it an F. Yeah, 
absolute F. If I could oh. give it anything lower as a grade, I would. On a scale of one to ten, I would give it a negative five. I mean, it was stupid. It was horrible. It did nothing to further anybody's storyline. It was useless to have it on the paper. On the paper on the show. It was basically a minute and thirty-eight seconds of my life. We'll never get back. Well, it, it was the guitar playing of Rick Boogs, and that's it. Right. To get the crowd juiced for whatever reason they felt like they needed to. Yep. Uh, I mean, it was in L.A. The crowd itself, you know, in Los Angeles at the whatever the arena is, some cryptocurrency name. It's no longer Staples Center. Um, yep. And they actually had ESPN Sports Center was there. They were interviewing some wrestlers backstage and did a little segment on Sports Center about SmackDown. But why did you need that, well, three minutes total with only a minute and a half of it or so being the actual match? It was just dumb. And then we had that, then after that, we had the same match that we've seen dozens of times. Uh, McIntyre, Sheamus. Why? McIntyre and Sheamus, when Sheamus and Ridge Holland have a little something going with Cesaro. Well, let's put Drew McIntyre and Sheamus in a match together. Let's not have Ridge Holland come out and interfere and then have Cesaro come out and turn it into a tag team match like they normally would do. Is the only part of that stupid match. You know, it was a good match because the two of them, I mean, they wrestled great matches before. So it was a good match, but it was useless. It was senseless. Well. I I totally agree with that one because I was yeah I was surprised I didn't expect him to to put those two guys together like you said it's going to be one of these things where you know it's going to be one of these things where they have Brent Powell in the roster but rarely use him. Well, the, 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 that, well, my point wasn't that. My point was is why is Drew McIntyre involved when it's Cesaro was involved with Sheamus and Ridge Holland. Right. You can't so, find another way to get Drew McIntyre on the show in a match? You know, have him come down to the ring with Angela and, you know, yell and scream about Adam Pierce and have Adam Pierce come out and say, okay, I'll give you a match. And it's against both Sheamus and Rich Holland to quote unquote punish Drew McIntyre. Do something. You right. know? And then you have Cesaro come out afterwards and then that way all. The components are involved in their feuds, but together. I don't know. In the feuds, you can make the feud a little stronger if they did that. Yeah. Or at least make sense. What was your grade? I mean, the match, I'll say a B minus. um, Because the match that we've seen several times out of the two of them. But, you know. The whole idea of it brings it down to a B minus from a B plus. Yep. Yeah, I gave it a, I gave it a B minus. Because, you know, like you said, those guys have had matches before that have good matches. And I'm sure if they have another match somewhere down the line, it's going to be just as good. So, mm. we'll have to see. 
And then uh, the one after that was... Naomi Sonya Deville. Naomi Sonya Deville. Uh, I don't know what to make of this one. I mean, he knew she was going to bring somebody else out because I don't know if they're... I think, I think Tony DeVille is playing this up pretty good. Um, Shayna and Natalia, guest timekeeper, guest announcer. I mean, I really don't but, think they had much of an effect on that. But Tony Na- Na- in the ring. Natalia didn't announce anything. I know. She was the ring announcer, but she didn't announce the two competitors. So, what? <clears throat> yep, and then, you know, the match really... Yeah, it was, it was alright that Ty Lee came out. I was kind of waiting to see her debut, but... You know, like you said the other day, we couldn't have without all the pyros and, and everything else. I mean... Is this going to be a, a new tag team on the horizon, maybe? Naomi and Ty Lee? I, I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, I, I, I gave the match a C. Well, that was a very generous grade. Um, even some of the articles I read, read the, that said the best part of the match, or the best part of the whole segment, was Xia Lee and her impressive debut. What did she do that was impressive? I mean, if you're really? talking if you're talking about her entrance being impressive, it was all CGI. Yeah, you were on TV, you saw it. Maybe you saw it. Maybe they showed it on the big on the Titantron, but I didn't notice in the background if they were showing all the lightning strikes and this and that that come around her. If not, all you're seeing is is a lady come out and stand like this or whatever it is, and you know, bow and then spin around. You're not seeing all the extra stuff because that was. CGI done on TV. In my opinion, the best part of that whole segment was me wishing I was a lesbian because of the way Sonya Deville looked. Yeah. She looked incredible. I mean... Yeah, she did. She really did. You can definitely... I mean, you can't really tell with the suits and everything as to what type of shape she's been keeping herself in. Not that I think she's the type of person that ever quote-unquote let herself go... But you can tell she is, you know, physically fit. I mean, her arms looked, you know, not that she was, you know, like muscular, but you could tell that she was cut. There was no flab, very well toned. And and it it really makes me hope that she gets back in the ring um, on a permanent basis sometime in the near future. Yeah, that would that would that wouldn't surprise me. I mean, she she looked more defined. Um, really didn't get a chance to, you know, highlight her skills all that much because the match really didn't last that long. Right, she didn't do anything. Yeah, I mean, but I think uh, I think we're going to see um, a much better Sonya Deville. I mean, she was pretty good beforehand, but I think we're going to see a much better Sonya Deville if she comes back to the ring full time. I know in an interview not too long ago, she was asked, um, you know, if she wanted to get back in the ring soon, and she said she loves what she's doing right now. Um, she's on Raw and SmackDown, um, multiple segments every week. 
She's at every pay-per-view. I mean, you know, we'll, we'll get into the financial aspects of that afterwards. Um, but, uh, I mean, that's what you want. You want TV time, and that's what she's getting. Yep, she's getting, yeah, she's getting huge exposure on both shows. Yep. And it, it's, good, it's good for her. So, I mean, she's, she's good on the mic. And, yeah, she looked, I mean, I noticed she had a couple of new tattoos. And, yeah. Yep, a sleeve yeah, on her entire forearm. Which, to me, I mean, I know that they had, like, talked about not allowing the women to get too many tattoos and people are bringing up Rhea Ripley, Shotzi Blackheart. Um, it, it came out around the time that Ruby Riot or now Ruby Soho, um, in AAW got let go because granted they want their women to be wrestlers first, but they yeah. also want them to be appealing. Um, yeah. and they, you know, certain things, certain places or certain whatever had just reported that WWE was kind of trying to tone down um, the tattoos. So when she came back and she came back in the supervisory role, it's because she's always wearing long sleeves. So her tattoos aren't constantly, you know, put out there. Right. Yep. So what you what you think of Tony Storm and Charlotte Flair? <laughs> I'll tell you, I would I wouldn't be surprised if Tony Storm eventually becomes a SmackDown Women's Champion. I really think she can give Charlotte a run for her money. Her money. I thought it was a good match. Really? I don't know. Maybe yeah. I saw a different match than you did. Then. Was that? I maybe I saw a different match than you did then. Because there was absolutely nothing in that match that helped put Tony Storm over. Not one thing in that match. I mean, Charlotte pretty much dominated it. Then after she lost by disqualification, which technically obviously gives Tony Storm the win, but would give her a potential title match somewhere in the future. Then even after that, it wasn't even the, you know the quote-unquote face wrestler gets over on the heel that just, you know, not really beat her, but beat her down by getting one last shot in before she leaves. Charlotte Flair gives her another move and then wipes her feet like as if she's putting dirt on her and leaves her in the ring. How 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 is that doing anything to build her up to be a championship contender? Yeah... Yeah, that's yeah. I, I can see your point there. I can. I mean, I think that they just made. I think it's me, but I think they were they made a little too much out of Tony Storm when she came up. No, I don't think they made enough of her. I don't think they made enough of her because she was good. She was one of the top in NXT and deserved to get called up. And then she just sat on the bench. While the manager let every other baseball player out there, even though she was probably better than 80% of the people that they were playing, but just let her sit on the bench. And then now they're putting her into play with, you know, seven games left in the season and they're down by 38 games. 
where it's useless. I mean, the quote that I, that somebody had posted was, this might be the most half-assed push in recent WWE history for any wrestler. I mean, when you give somebody a push, it's it's not taking two pies in the face and doing nothing about it, except for the following week, hitting them back with a pie. Well, what? Why didn't that... Okay, maybe because the first time you were still in shock as Charlotte Flair walked away, but she walked away, you know, wiping her hands and didn't run away. But then the next week you hit her with a pie and you walk off stage. Why didn't you jump on her when she was distracted by getting hit by a pie and follow up with some punches and, and the you know, referees have to come out and separate them? Yeah. And then you have this match, which it was quite like the Los Lothorios match. What are you doing? How are you pushing somebody by having them lose like that? Yeah, if you're going to give somebody a push, give them a strong push. Yeah. Make them, look, make them look real dominating. Right. If if you don't want them, if you don't, if you don't feel right now that she should be winning over Charlotte, that's fine. There's plenty of other women on the roster that she could beat to kind of get her into that stratosphere. You know, that's how you build somebody up. You don't just put them in the lineup and put them against you know the best person in you know in the league. You don't do that. You have them earn their keep and beat people on their way up. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that was kind of, like you said, that was a half-assed push. Yeah. Hope that they're going to have more in store for Tony Storm as, as time goes by. Because right now, I mean, I really don't know who else they're going to put against I mean, I guess... I'm sorry, you broke up. I didn't hear what you said. I said, I guess Tony Storm and Charlotte are going to be going against each other at day one. They are? I, th- I, I think so. I'm not sure. Hmm. I mean, we can talk about the card when, when we get to the day one. Right. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I I had to get. I mean, even though I I I always enjoy watching Charlotte wrestle anyway. That's why I I always say whenever I see her match, I say, "Well, it was a good match, or it was, it was pretty good." But I had to give it a D. Well, the match, yeah. Yep. Definitely. And. Um, well, after that was... Uh, well, the, the triple threat tag team match, which we already talked about. The triple threat tag team match. Yeah, that was... That, that was amazing. I mean, you know, Woods got two crowd. Um, is there going to be any ramifications from Roman Reigns when he comes back on Friday because who's those lost? I mean, he... Well, they didn't... Once again, they didn't lose... But they didn't win because they didn't take the loss. You know, they just they didn't win. 
Yeah, they get a loss, but Riddle got pinned. Yeah, um, Kofi pinned him, didn't he? I thought he pinned. I thought he pinned Riddle. No, he pinned one of the Usos. Oh, okay. I couldn't tell if it was Jimmy or Jay, but I know one of the Usos got pinned because uh, he tapped Every time you sit back, the audio goes to crap. Oh, okay. Every time, you, so I don't know if it's from the mic on your on your computer because you're. The hell was that? Oh, okay. I, I've never seen UPS deliver on a Sunday in my life. <laughs> Uh, a UPS truck just pulled in. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe through my through my window because it's kind of dark. Through my window, I saw the lights. I thought it was a dump truck. <laughs> Maybe you dropped off one of your packages up the road again. Well, no, they wouldn't come down. They wouldn't come down here to use this driveway to turn around. Um, okay. But I did hear a thud outside my door, and I do have something that I ordered. Um, that'll that'll help because I'm. You know, I have a washer dryer here in my new place, as you people, well, no, nobody can see because we're not on Facebook Live, but I, I'm in my new home, um, and I do have a washer dryer. My landlord was by today, took a look at it, um, just got to do a couple things to it, um, but it's a good thing because I'm, I'm rapidly, I have seven days worth of clean underwear left, and then I, I have four days of clean shorts left. So that was um, an order with three more pairs of shorts. So, you know, oh, okay. technically, uh, I'm, I can wear clean clothes without having to do laundry or having to do the quote-unquote sniff check to see how bad, <laughs> how quote-unquote dirty they are until next weekend. So, but that was our commercial break, I guess. <laughs> yep. But, uh, yeah, so I mean, I guess I, overall, after going through it, it 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 was wasn't as good as I thought it was. <laughs> no. I mean, I, uh, overall, I had to give the card a C minus and a D. I wouldn't go that low, um, just because of the two very very high points um, and the one other good match in in Sheamus and McIntyre. I I'd give it a C. Um, but once again, it's, it's not what we're used to seeing from SmackDown. Right. Before we get into the day one pay-per-view matches, one question I wanted to ask you. I saw on one of the websites, as a matter of fact, Raja reported it. I don't know if you saw it, that tomorrow night, Bobby Lashley is going to appear on Raw. Yep. And Somewhere along the line, he's going to get added to the title match. Yeah, he thinks he should be in the title match. What's that? Yes, he thinks he should be in the title match. That would make it a fatal four-way. What do you think that's going to do to the match itself? Is it going to add more to it? Is it going to add more spark to it? More excitement to it? Or is it just going to be, oh, hold on. No, I mean, I don't think it's going to make the match worse, adding Bobby Lashley. Um, but I don't think it's going to make it that much better either. 
Well, we'll have to see if they add him to the match and <clears throat> see how that'll how that'll play out as far as the pick before goes. Yeah, then the only thing you wonder is if you know if the rest of the hurt business is gonna have an effect on the match. Yeah. So, I mean, is the whole card set for day one? Not even close. No? No. They only have four matches right now. Only four? Yeah. Right now, officially, obviously, Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar, the Usos versus the New Day, Edge versus the Miz, and then Big E versus Rollins versus Owens. So there's, okay. uh, yeah, there's there's nothing yet with the Raw Women's Title or the or SmackDown Women's Title. Um, there's nothing with the Raw Men's Title. Um, and then I don't know. It seems like it, I don't know. Maybe you. I mean, obviously the last pay per view um, was Survivor Series, so it was only champions. But when they had pay per views. We used to say, you know, why isn't so-and-so title on? Why isn't this title on? Well, if they add this title, maybe they'll put it on a pre-show. <clears throat> Excuse me, that's lunch again. Um, it wouldn't be a talk show or a, it wouldn't be a top rope report show if I didn't have a little indigestion from my meal. Um, but do you like it where they have more... I think I know your answer, but do you like it that they have more title matches on the pay-per-views and then the other nonsense on the weekly shows? And I say nonsense, not meaning that they don't count, but those are the matches that build up huge elite to championship matches. Well, the pay-per-views in general, I mean, I think it should be, it, it should be based on the pay-per-view itself. Like, there's been pay-per-views where they've had, what, maybe two or three title matches. But I think they should have at least one, maybe two title matches on the TV programs. Whether it's a match for the IC title or whether it's a match for the U.S. title or the women's tag team or tag team, something like that. The big titles... Um, Universal and the WWE title definitely be defended on, I believe, on all pay-per-views. They should have them defended on all the pay-per-views. All right, well, they, my question was, though, not just those two titles. In general, like, once again, right now, I mean, granted it's only four matches, but there's 75% of the matches are title matches. And if you're thinking right now, what other matches are they going to add? Well, right now you're thinking maybe Becky Lynch, Liv Morgan, another title match. Charlotte Flair um, and Tony Storm, another title match. Maybe the Raw Tag Team titles. So, I mean, is that when whoever wins the RK Bronement is going against RK Bro? At day one. So now we're talking eight matches where only one match is not a title match. Do you like that format? Or do you think they should have fewer title matches on the pay-per-views and fill in with other quote-unquote, you know, 
Nakamura and Boogs versus the Alpha Academy. Uh, you know, not that they would fight there on different shows, but stuff like that. Well, I think they should. I think they should do a title match, and then some of the other matches that aren't title matches that are on the show, build them up. You know, like you said, you but know, Alpha Academy. It, or, it, eh. It's just. It's just. It's just day one. It's not a major pay-per-view, so you're not going to have 14, 15 matches. So you usually do about 9, 10 matches on a regular pay-per-view. So if 8 of them are championship matches, or we'll say 7 because who cares about the women's tag team title? Um, they they won't, I don't know, maybe they'll, I don't even know what they're going to do with that. And then the IC title, because Nakamura never fights individually anymore. So you have seven matches. That's only going to leave you one or two other matches. Because, be honest, who cares for a regular pay-per-view? Who cares about a pre-show match? I mean, you could have Zia Lee go against Natalia on the pre-show match, and nobody's going to watch it. Right. You're not going to tune in early to catch that. But that's how the normal regular pay-per-views, in my opinion, have their pre-show matches. They're just two wrestlers they throw together for a match. Right. What do you think? you think they have too many title matches on the pay-per-views? But this, the thing is, is with that, I'll say yes and no. I like the idea of having more title matches than not. Because, like you said, we've seen pay-per-views who are wondering why this, that, and the other thing aren't being defended on a pay-per-view. I mean, I'm pretty sure we've had a big four where, you know, all the titles weren't defended or one of the, you know, on on the pay-per-view. But the only downside of that is you then have to constantly have these people in feuds on the weekly shows to build up for the pay-per-view. So we're not going to see those mid-card wrestlers. You know? Right. When when are you going to see them? Because, once again, nobody watches main event or 205 Live. You know, if they get 100, if they get 100 to 150,000 viewers, it was a good week. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I so don't even know was still going on. You it, don't hear him talk about it much anymore. Yeah, it, it's... You're damned if you do, damned if you don't. I mean, when yeah. when is Ricochet going to be seen? You he know, was seen Friday night. When is... In the back, in the back with Kofi Kingston. I'm talking yeah. about in the ring. You know, when yeah. are people like that going to get to show what they can do? When you're building every match for the next pay-per-view, and every match you're building towards is a title match. Yep. Yeah, they they might need to work on that a little bit. I mean, you get you get the hardcore wrestling fan, and oh, good, there's going to be title matches. I want to people see a, a title change, but not every match is a title match. I right. don't uh, I don't think they should do that. So, yeah, I was looking at something on online today about the list of 
2022 WWE pay-per-views. And we know the first two are day one in the Royal Rumble. Right. And then the third one is Crown Jewel. So it's like, oh, they're really? going to have... Yeah. They're going to have two pay-per-views in Saudi Arabia this year. And they're bringing PLC next year. Hmm. I think that Crown Jewel is going to be in February... As a matter of fact, I talked to G- DJ, I think they said February 20th, and DJ's like, oh, that's my son's birthday. Yeah, according to what I have online, um, for scheduled pay-per-views, it goes from Royal Rumble to WrestleMania. Really? Officially scheduled pay-per-views with venues and dates. So they may have something going... Um, for, say, Crown Jewel um, in between Royal Rumble and uh, WrestleMania, but they just they may just not have a locked down date and where in Saudi Arabia they're going to do it. I'm sorry, I got that confused. They have Crown Jewel later on. They had Super Showdown scheduled for February on the site that I was seeing, the list of 2022 pay-per-views. And, um, so it was like, well... Oh, boy. What'd I do? Go ahead. We'll have to see if, uh, we'll have to see what they're going to have. So, for most of you people out there that will see this show, even though we're not on Facebook Live, uh, we're going to be getting to my favorite part of the show. I hope everybody else favorite part of the show, too. Buggy's News. Oh. Okay. Um, whenever you're ready, uh, next show. I mean, I really didn't have anything. I didn't, um, oh. I mean, I have a couple things, but, um, yeah, I, mean, I guess I got enough we can talk about. Um, first and foremost, um, Hold that thought. My other phone is ringing. I just want to make sure it's not something I need to answer. Sorry, folks. Yeah, we're going to be talking nuggets in a minute. Uh, like we said, you know, the day one pay-per-view coming up, January 1st, New Year's Day. Hopefully WWE will do something monumental with that. And he has the time. Yeah, give me one more second. Okay. Keep talking. Or don't keep talking. That's okay. So it's uh, I, I think I think day one can be an okay, can be a pretty good pay per view. You know, they've got some good matches. Uh, they've got the four matches they got lined up right now. And I think it, I think if if played up right, it could, could be a good pay per view. Uh, you 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 are a horrible time filler. <laughs> I'm a horrible what? Time filler. Oh. <laughs> All right. Um. So, um. I think it may have been yesterday or earlier today. Um. Bailey did a uh, a virtual fundraiser where she had seven different people on 
um, social media lives, whether it was Instagram or wherever else it may have been. Um, I know one of them was through Instagram. Steve Austin was one of them. Uh, I don't think there was any other big name of a person that I, that I, uh, that she had on that I even remember off the top of my head. But, you know, it's, it's, it's an interactive live where people are watching it and they can ask questions. It's like me do Facebook live. And there were multiple questions about how she's doing health wise. And this is her exact quote. Anyway, people are asking how my knee is. So my knee is doing great. My leg's doing great. My ankle's doing great. My shin is doing great. My hip is doing great. My mind is doing great. So, I mean, it's only a matter of time. I'm not going to tell you when, and I don't want all these idiots watching to know when, but I'm going to be coming back soon. Maybe, you know, you better be ready. Better be ready. So, a little update there with, with Bailey coming back. How big of a splash would a returning Bailey make if um, it's not with the law of averages possible, but how big of a splash would it make at Royal Rumble if that's when she was able to return? I think it'd be a huge splash because it'd be a big chat in the arms of the women's division. Okay. I think it would be, I mean, I think the pop would be tremendous. Where is she going to make a bigger impact on the women's roster, though? Raw or SmackDown? Um, I would say I think she would make a bigger impact on Raw. Why? Uh, probably because of some of the the women's talent. I mean, you've got Rhea Ripley, you've got Bianca Belair, you've got Becky Lynch, you've got Liv Morgan. <laughs> I'd like to see Bailey. I'm sorry, you broke up again that last part. Oh, sorry. I'd like to see Bailey in the program with some of them. Okay. With Morgan and Bianca. So you just had no problem rattling off four people. Quickly rattling off four people that are top talent on SmackDown. Okay. Those are just four that just popped on the top of my head. Exactly. Exactly. With ease. Go ahead. Name four title contenders, including a champion, on SmackDown. Um, You've already taken too long. You've already taken too long. Title contenders? Well, you have Charlotte, Sasha, and who? Well, you've got Tony Storm. You've got she's not a title contender yet. She's not on. Come on, she's not on the level of Rhea Ripley. You know, Bianca Belair, Liv Morgan. I want the people on SmackDown that are at that level just for the champion. So Bailey would definitely make a bigger impact on SmackDown. I think so. Definitely. Um, we're talking about Tony Storm, Bianca Belair, Rhea Ripley. Um, so I pulled up an article earlier today that grades the 2021 rookie years of new main roster WWE stars. So the first one, it kind of, you know, groups a few of them together. 
Um, I'm going to tell you the grade that they gave, and then I want you to tell me if you agree or disagree, and then the grade that you would give them instead. So the okay. first one that they list is Commander Aziz, Veer, Shanky, and Ridge Holland. I mean, all of them had limited action in WWE. Um, they gave Commander Aziz a C plus, Shanky a C, Veer a B minus, and Ridge Holland a B minus. I would say, yeah, I would. I would give Ridge. I would give Ridge Holland a B minus. I would give Shanky a C minus. Commander Aziz, I would give a C. And who was the other one? Veer. Veer and Shanky. I haven't seen. I haven't seen Veer wrestle yet. What do you mean? He was in all kinds of things with with Jinder Mahal. He was in tag team matches. This is for the entire year. Yeah, I would. I, I would say a C. I would say between a C and a C minus. Okay. Um, I I I actually give Commander Aziz a little bit higher. I would give him actually a B minus because he's the only one that's really had an impact on anything, um, being the sidekick to Apollo Cruz. Veer and Shanky, yes, C minus, D plus. Um, Ridge Holland, I, I'd give an incomplete to because he just started to make an impact on the roster, and that was in what two segments in one match. So I don't, I don't give him a grade at all. The next one, I don't know why they pair these two together, but I think it's because they both kind of started around the same time. Reggie and Omos both have been strategically utilized. Due to their size, not equivalent, but um, they gave Reggie a B minus and Omos a B plus. I would give Reggie. I would give Reggie a B minus, yeah, for his. You know, he's, I mean, he's got great abilities and great talents in the ring. Omos, uh, I would have. I would have to say um, a C. Only because this might not sound this might not sound good to say, but I think they're making Omos look too dominant. You're, you're making it look like nobody on the roster can can um, penetrate this immovable object. I mean, he just seems that you know when you're punching him or kicking him, he just doesn't sell very well. And I. I mean, there, there hasn't been anybody that's really, you know, I understand he's seven foot something, 400 and something pounds. I haven't seen anybody, you know, hip toss him when he comes off the ropes or drop kick and have him fall down and get back up and get beat on a little bit to see how well he does from a beat down standpoint. Okay. But I would give, I would give it a C. Okay. Reggie, I would go with that grade. All right, so I'm going to go with a hypothetical, but uh, not even hypothetical. You played baseball, right? What's that? You played baseball, correct? Yeah. So did it hurt more when getting hit by a wiffle ball in the arm or a baseball in the arm? Oh, baseball. Okay, so... 
the wrestlers that are wrestling against Omos are the wiffle balls. They're not baseballs. So when they're hitting them, they're just brushing. He's just brushing it off because it's a wiffle ball. Because he's just that much greater in size and strength than other people. Okay. I, I I agree with both grades. I think Omos has had a great impact um, with what he's done on the roster. The next three they list are Tony Storm, Shotzi Blackheart, and Aaliyah. They give Tony Storm a B plus, Shotzi a B, and Aaliyah a B minus. Oh. Tony Storm, I'm, I'm still not sold on Tony Storm yet. I really am not. Um, but these grades are based on their um, impact on the roster in 2021. Okay, um, Tony would be a B minus for me. Shotzi, I'd give the same grade. That's there, and Alina. I would do an incomplete on Aaliyah because I haven't yeah, haven't seen anything from her really. Just saw her one time, right? Yep, one match, um, yeah. and then walking around backstage in skimply, skimpy, cladded outfits. Right. So I would definitely I would give her an incomplete. Okay, um, and I'd actually give Shotzi and Tony about a C to C plus. Because I don't think their impact has been... Maybe Shotzi a little bit more because she did have that little bit of impact as a tag team. Um, Not so much anymore, obviously. Then they have Austin Theory at a B and Rick Boogs at a B-. Austin Theory, I would go with... Austin Theory, I, I would go with with that with uh, a B minus to a C. <laughs> Rick Boogs, I would do a D. A D is in dog. A D is in dog for Rick Boogs. Okay. Now, once again, this is not based on what you personally think their performance has been. It's based on their impact on the roster. I'll agree with. Austin Theory, because I had the, the C up in, in front of my face. But as far as Rick Boogs, Nakamura was a was a useless, not that he's not a useless champion, but he was a voiceless champion before Rick Boogs. Now at least there's excitement with the guitar and all that stuff. So I definitely say that Rick Boogs should have a B to a B plus. Because once again, without it, there's no voice. For Nakamura. So at least with Rick Boogs, who's gotten over big with the crowd, because he goes Rick, and then the audience is going Boogs before he even does, and he has to catch up to him. And then he plays the guitar, excites Pat McAfee, who dances, which excites the audience even more. So I think he's had a much bigger impact on the roster, not necessarily as a wrestler, but as being, quote-unquote, Rick Boogs. Okay. The next one is um, Rhea Ripley with an A-. Bianca Belair 
with an A minus and Dewdrop a B minus. I agree with Rhea and Bianca Belair. Uh, Dewdrop, I don't think she's had that that great of an impact. I would I would give that a a B minus to a C. Yeah, yep, I totally agree with everything you just said. And the last one, who they think this person's had the biggest impact on the roster. Um, do you want to take a guess? They gave this person an A. Male or female? Male? Uh, I couldn't even begin to guess. Really? See, and in my opinion, the reason why you can't guess is because it seems like this guy's been a veteran and has been around for so long, even though he's a new kid on the block. Damien Priest. Okay. Damien Priest, that should be an A. Yeah, that's what they gave him as an A. They think he's been the best rookie addition to the roster in 2021. Okay. And that's quickly what I had for Nuggies News. Pay-per-view coming up in January. It's on a Saturday. Yep, January 1st. Um, yep, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, but... I'm still a little skeptical right now because, like I said, they only have four matches, so you really don't know what else they're going to add. Yeah, it's about two um, and a half. Well, it was, I what, three weeks from yesterday that day one is. And, I mean, we've seen pay-per-views three weeks out where they didn't even have four matches. <laughs> yeah. I mean, be honest with you. And those four matches, once again, were Lesnar and Roman. Yep. Becky and nope. Liv Morgan. Nope. No, 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 no. I bet it would be Becky and Liv Morgan. Not on the card yet. Oh. Usos against the New Day. Usos against the New Day. Um, Big E versus Rollins versus Owens. And then the Miz versus Edge. Miz versus Edge, okay, yep. So I think I think that they will add Becky Lynch and Liv Morgan. I think they will add that. I think they will add Charlotte and Tony Storm. You think so? I think so. You think they'll be able to build it up and up between the two of them to make it a pay-per-view match? Because I'm not convinced. Okay. I, I mean... I I mean, if you look at it with Tony Storm in it, maybe that would be something that would be a pre-show match. But you are not, and you would never put Charlotte Flair in a match on the pre-show. Oh, of course not. If she's not, if if so, if the match, in my opinion, um, if the match can't be elevated to a pay-per-view worthy match. I don't think we'll see that match. Okay. All right. Uh, I also if, think if there was going to be. Have, Go ahead. Sorry. Um, 
They'll probably have RK Bro defend the title. Right. Against, I think it's what, the Usos or the Street Profits? I think it'll be against the Street Profits. But, I mean, is that who won on Monday? Was Are those the two that are in yeah. the quote-unquote finals? I can't hear you. Are those the two that are in the quote-unquote finals? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, I would like to see a Damian Priest title match at day one, but I don't know if they're going to do that because... Right. I can't, Against, remember the last, yeah. I can't remember the last time he defended the title. Um, but we'll just have to see what WWE is going to do with the rest of the card and who they're going to put. I think, I mean, I, I do think that we could see a Becky-Lib Morgan match on day one. And then I think if we're going to see another match of the women's, I think it could be something involving Naomi and Sonya Deville. Whether it's a two-on-three handicap with Naomi and Zia Lee versus Sonya Deville, Natalia, and Shayna Baszler, you know, to kind of, you know, make it quote-unquote unfair, you know, have it be, you know, a, a disqualification match. Um, and that is something I could see them putting on the pre-show. Okay. Can you see can you see them adding the women's tag team title? Who? Against who? That's a, yeah, I know. That's a, that's the, the, the sad part. I mean I we're talking you know, I'm I'm, think- I'm talking about how I don't think they can elevate Charlotte and Tony Storm to being a pay per view worthy match and that's something that's been going on for a few weeks. Who out there can be put together to make it a pay-per-view worthy match against the tag champions. Yeah, because I don't think they're going to put Nikki Ash and Rhea Ripley together again. No, they're and they're in a, well. It doesn't matter if they're on a different brand, but no, I think that tag team is done. Yeah. So, well, WWE is just going to have to do some hocus pocus, so to speak, I guess, and <clears throat> see what happens. What's the matter? A, a car just pulled up outside my window, right by where that 632 sign is, and shut their lights off. And I heard them playing around by my door. I don't know what the hell they're doing. Huh. Wow. Now they're up by the front door. I hear them talking. Front door? Yeah. Why would I care if they were at somebody else's front door? <laughs> wow. Hmm. I can hear them, but I can't hear what they're saying. I know the only thing going on for Raw tomorrow night that I heard of was Bobby Lashley's going to be on, and I mean I haven't heard anything more as to. Well, I saw something about Liv Morgan's going to 
you know, make a statement or whatever, or how's Liv Morgan going to react to her loss? Um, and I want to say I saw one other thing, but I don't, I, I don't remember what it was, so maybe it wasn't, maybe it didn't. I mean, I know there, I didn't see anything posted. Um, Oh, did you see Braun Strowman made his debut on ROH yesterday? Yes, I saw that. Of all the places to show up. I know. You know. ROH. A, a flailing company. Yeah. Well, oh. they, they, they basically folded up. For those of you who don't know, they basically folded up operations till the end of the year. Um, released everybody from their contracts. Nobody's under contract. Everybody was able. And then we're going to rebrand and reboot their entire franchise early 2022. So this could be their first step um, in in rebranding. I know anything that they've done was a pay-per-appearance um, matches where you got paid to, to wrestle, but you weren't under contract or anything. So, okay. um, but that's something that we, we, we need to address. Um, almost forgot, uh, about, as you brought up to me and, and it was, I, I also saw an article about it, about the new contracts going forward for WWE wrestlers. Right. The, um, yeah, they, I guess they're not going to be receiving, Royalties from their merchandise sales, and now they're now they're going salary. And well, to better better explain, the way a current contract work works is you get signed to a base salary, and then you get whatever it is. We'll just go with round figures, just because it's easier. Say a thousand dollars for showing up on um, at a live event. Um, $5,000 for appearing on a TV broadcast and $10,000 for showing up on a pay-per-view and you get 20% of all merchandise sales goes to you. So now they're not doing that anymore. They're now increasing your base pay to being a salary, which means you get paid X amount of dollars a year no matter how many T-shirts, headbands, wristbands, jackets you sell. And regardless of how many pay-per-views or live events or Raws slash Smackdowns that you show up, you get paid no matter what. You get paid salary. Just like if you work at, at, at a job where you're paid hourly, the more hours you work, the more you get paid. When your salary, it doesn't matter how many hours you work, you get paid the same amount. Right. So, now, do you think that's a good idea? You no. think that's going to go over what? Well? No, I don't either. No. It's going to go over great for Drew Gulak and Tamina, who sell next to nothing in merchandise and maybe show up in a backstage skit like we just saw or running through the arena chasing down a 24 7 champion. Um, right. <laughs> but. It's not going to help Brock Lesnar, who sells a million dollars in merchandise, 
to get that extra amount of money in merchandise, he's only going to get $4 million for the year. Granted, Brock Lesnar's gratuitously overpaid, but we'll use somebody more usable, um, a Seth Rollins, a Becky Lynch, a Charlotte Flair, they no longer, Roman Reigns, they no longer get extra money for being at the top of their game. Right, and that, you know, that'll hurt Roman, that'll hurt uh, Edge, right. you know, all the, all the real big stars well, that I, they sell tons and tons not, of I mean, I don't know how much it's going to hurt Edge because he doesn't, he's not around that much totally, but I'm talking about your, your full-timers that you know you're going to see right. 48 weeks of the 52 weeks of a year of shows. Um, so what's that What's that going to say next time Roman Reigns re-signs a contract? Mm-hmm. Is his sticking point going to be, hey, you know, I want I want my, my 10% of my merchandise sales. You know, I, I want that. that you so, think that might have had a lot to do with some of the releases? I have no idea. Maybe it's, it's, I mean, it's, to me, it's one of those where you're trying to take care of the lower aspect of your roster that may be disgruntled because they're not getting used. And maybe some are saying, well, I'm I'm getting $100,000 just like this person here, but they use this person on, on 205 Live or at main events and and I don't get used. Well, now they're both going to make $250,000 so they're not going to be as disgruntled and want to ask for their release. But okay. where it's going to affect the people... Is, do you think... There's been some rumblings in the air about Vince McMahon possibly turning over the reins to Tony Khan. No. Um, nope, that is 0% factual. Okay. Tony Khan owns AEW. He has nothing to do with WWE. Well, who's this guy, Khan? Nick Khan. Oh, Nick Khan. Okay, Nick Khan. Big difference. Big difference. It's like saying it's like saying it's like saying Tony Smith was an all-star shortstop for the St. Louis Cardinals and Gold Glove for eighty-five years when it's Ozzy Smith. Okay, Nick Khan. Yes. Um. What um what role does Nick Khan play with WWE now? Uh, basically, assessment of and talent. Do you think it's a good idea. Well, I I mean I, I don't know. I mean I think it I think it was a good idea for Vince McMahon to step away five ten years ago. I I think if anything and everything that's quote unquote affecting the brand, other than there being competition, it's Vince McMahon. Doing every trying to do everything himself, you know, controlling okay. controlling what the announcers say, talking in their ear and saying, "Oh, this is going to be a good point to bring up." You know, if you're hiring people to do a job, let them do their job. You know, you want to say what the end all be all is, well, fine, but I'm sorry, the CEO of Goodwill isn't calling you at work in the middle of your shift saying, "You know what." Instead of carrying a dresser with the front drawers facing to the right, I think you should do it facing to the left, just because that's the way I want you to do it. No. There's no company where the CEO is as involved in day-to-day operations as Vince McMahon is. 
Oh, okay. All righty. Um, two other points I'd like to make. Congratulations goes out to the new NWE Tag Team Champions, the House of Pain. They they recently captured the NWE Tag Team Championships this past weekend. So congratulations goes out to them. And WWE, I was going to start off with, uh, with this in the beginning, but I totally went out of my head. Uh, WWE had lost another uh, superstar this past weekend. Hall of Famer Blackjack Lanza has passed away at the age of 86. Um, for most of you old school wrestlers who been following it since I was a little trivia. Um, he was part of a dominating tag team called the Blackjacks with Blackjack Mulligan and managed by Captain Lou Albano. Um, then he became part of the backstage producer role, so to speak, and until he, he took ill. So our condolences go out to the family of Blackjack Lanza and may he rest in peace. Yes, yes. Um, and, you know, oftentimes, you know, trivia will tell me these things, and I'll be like, I've never heard of him. Who the heck was that? Um, but he was known well enough to the WWE family to have, excuse me, one of those little things at the beginning of SmackDown that said his name um, and, the you know, his birth year and his birth, that you know, this year that he passed. Um, so, once again, I mean, I'm not the historian in WWE like trivia is, but he was definitely somebody that was known enough in the, to the WWE family that they pay that, you know, little 10 to 15 second tribute um, when somebody passes yep. away. Absolutely. So, so Nick Nick Khan has served as WWE president and chief revenue officer um, for WWE. He was previously co-head of the television department. Alrighty. Because until his name was mentioned, I never even heard of the guy. Well, it's because he's not from 1980. <laughs> right. Oh, okay. <laughs> and we just want to let the people know that there is no relation between Nick Khan and Tony Khan. Not at all. That's a very no popular name all, so. in that culture as the name Smith Johnson are in, in you know, this culture. Right. So, for some people out there to follow wrestling and think that if Nick Khan takes over WWE, AEW is going to have a big part of it, no, it won't happen. No. Because they are not related at all. So. And if, 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 if Vince McMahon were to sell WWE, he's not selling to a competitor. No. He's, he's selling to somebody that's going to keep WWE, WWE. And the only quote-unquote name that I have heard possible interest in owning WWE is NBC Universal, and that's because of WWE's relationship with Peacock, USA Network, um, yep. stuff like that. Plus, they have billions and billions and billions of dollars too. So. Right. Right. I mean, <laughs> just the name well. alone, NBC Universal, no matter what they're worth. Just the name alone is worth enough to buy WWE. Yep, absolutely. So, anything else you'd like to add, Greg? 
Um, not off the top of my head. Oops. Alrighty. So once again, it was another great show. Show number 401, so we're on our way up the ladder again to show 500. So, <laughs> only 99 more to go. Yeah. So, so yeah, I you don't have uh, anything else to add as well. Just looking forward to... Real quick, um, NBC Universal's estimated net worth thirty thirty billion. How much? Thirty billion. Wow. Okay, yeah, I think they would. Uh, they could definitely afford WWE. Yeah, but one of the funny thing is, what <laughs> Jeff Bezos. The former owner or former CEO of Amazon, his yeah. estimated worth <laughs> uh, two hundred and seven billion dollars. He could own NBC almost seven times. He's worth more than NBC Universal. Oh God, yes, seven times over. Wow. Sorry, it's two hundred and seventeen point seven billion. Damn. What the hell's a guy doing with all that money? That's amazing. All because he started a little factory with delivering pa- uh, delivery of package service of other yep. people's items. That's that's yeah. what he started with. You know, I I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna offer a service that I can uh just have you send your stuff too, and I'm going to ship it for you. That's how we started Amazon. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, like I said, you, so, could, you could make $1 million a minute and work a 40-hour work week for 40 years, and you still would only have one-third the amount of money that Jeff Bezos has. How old is this guy? Uh, Mid-60s. Wow. That's amazing. The guy the guy built his own freaking rocket to fly to outer space. I mean, because he was bored and wanted something to do. Right. So he hired NASA experts to make sure that it was built safely. And granted, it looks like a big penis, but he flew Jeff... He flew Michael Strahan in outer space, and Michael Strahan had his Super Bowl ring floating in outer space. Wow. The first Super Bowl ring ever to go to outer space was a New York Giants Super Bowl ring via Michael Strahan. Yep. So, so on that note, I just want to say, on behalf of the Nugs to Greg, this is the illustrious Mr. Trivia for the Top Rope Report. Saying to everybody, thank you for tuning in. I'll be sending the show out later on. And uh, we'll catch you all during the week.